I have decided that it's time for me to buy a new car. Oh, that's oh, right, Dad. That's a car. I want a Cadillac. I want a Ferrari. I want a Porsche. Your wishes mean nothing to me. <laughs> it's going to be my car, and I'll decide what I'm getting. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Hey, what's up? This is the Married with Children podcast, the show that comes with a plastic wooden gear shift knob for an extra 50 bucks. My name is Al, which means Al, a lot of beers will get me through this show. I'm Jamie. My dates always promise me ice cream, but they never give me any. (laughs) And I'm Dan, and your wishes mean nothing to me. (laughs) That they do not. Yeah, guys, this is... Oh, what a feeling. Season 4, Episode 9, air date November 19th, 1989. After Al's car breaks down, he's shocked to discover Peggy has squandered his secret nest egg. Yeah, this show is is hard to sit through in the beginning. Um, It gets funnier and funnier, but man, like, that that whole segment is so tough, but... Let's try to do this. Uh, so, this is a pretty big episode because, you know, we saw Peg's car in 16 years and what do you get? But we never, we heard of Al's Dodge, but we never actually saw it. And one could argue that you've never seen Al's Dodge because it's not actually a Dodge. It's a Plymouth Duster. Don't ask me why. I, I know I seem like I know everything about Married with Children, but... I don't. I couldn't answer why they didn't use an actual Dodge for Al's car, but it's a Plymouth Duster, <laughs> and uh, this I suppose is the first episode that you actually see it. Um, I don't know what he was driving in the beginning. It could be the same car at the end, just fixed up and repainted. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's pretty big. The, the stuff that Peg does to Al, like, I, I never I, – I shouldn't be surprised, but I am every time. <laughs> oh, you always think – you have to care, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you, you could never think she could go even lower, but she just does. And then she just keeps adding it on, too. She oh. just keeps pouring it on. I feel so bad for Al. I should know better by now, but <laughs> – So Al walks in, and he is pushing his car to I get around – I get around, round, round, round. I get, and I'm like, it's just so funny because if you pay attention to the music that they pick every time he pushes his car in, and it even plays into the very last scene, yes. which is interesting because it's backwards, so it's funny. So he pushed it from the expressway, which is ridiculous. Like, why would you push your car all the way through? Like, wouldn't you just leave it and just walk home or? Or something else. Like I know in the eighties things you couldn't call anybody exactly, but Right. <laughs> we had phones in the eighties. Yeah, like on the highway, I guess. Like those, <laughs> those weird Oh like the like call boxes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, payphones. Well, not payphones, right? No. Um, if he had cardboard, he could have gotten off the road, I guess, and or gotten off at an exit and used a payphone. But if he had car problems back then, yeah, he typically just kind of left it and hoofed it, or hoped some kind person would come along and give you a ride to the next exit. That happened to me. Um, Did it? <laughs> yeah. Or hope your uh, family will come out and help you push it home. Well, he's <laughs> hoping against hope on that one. I feel so bad for him. None of them, none of them will ever help him. It's so sad. They all watched too, and I think they were all in different rooms. Like they all just watched him push the car. Off. Well, and Peg's like, well, if they're not, I figured if the kids didn't help you, then I. Think, I'm like, what? And I like how he he takes the time to ask each one individually. If you saw me pushing it, why didn't you help me? And they all had a different answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Honey, if you saw Dad pushing it, why didn't you come and give me a hand? Well, it looked pretty boring. I mean, you were going so slow and everything. You know, a person can get a heart attack pushing a car in this heat. And then you got to think about Mom. I mean, what would she do if she lost the both of us? I mean, if you kick, it's okay, because she can always marry again. But if I win... Kelly, honey, forget about it, okay? Just give old Dad a chance to push his spleen back through his navel. Hey, Dad, saw you pushing the old car. Me and my friends never thought you'd make it up the hill. Did you ever think about helping old dad? In this heat? Peg, if you saw me pushing the car home, why didn't you help me? Well, I saw the kids out there, and I figured if they weren't going to help, why should I? Such horrible people. I love it. Yeah, they just don't want to bother. And Al mentions um, his spleen again. It's weird because... He always talks about his spleen, like when all the women sat, like the fat women sat on the bed and how do I love these and I could taste my spleen. And then there was another episode where he mentioned something about his spleen and now they do it again. Like that's like a, the writers really like that. (laughs) Yeah, push his spleen back to his navel. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this episode was directed by Jerry Cohen, written by Ron Levitt and Michael Moy. Those are the creators. So those guys uh, had their hands in this uh, more than usual. Mm. So it was cool seeing the Bundy's garage again. You know, you haven't seen that in a while. Yep. Uh, it looks sort of different than it did in season one. And I, I believe that it kind of stays this way. I think they decided that we're going to just create a, a solid set for you guys with this. <laughs> you know, your kids have been so great. Why don't you just hop in the car and I'll push the two of you down to the ice cream parlor? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> We look cool, okay? (laughs) Dad, why don't we just get a new car? Bud, you don't throw something away just because it doesn't work. (laughs) If that was the case, you wouldn't have a mother. (laughs) Now, let's find exactly what is wrong with this car. Al's going to check under the hood. Yep. Ah, you stinking old pile of junk. (laughs) How's he... Daddy, can't we do this after we get ice cream? (laughs) Kelly, we already got ice cream and we're home. (laughs) Get out of the car. I didn't get any. Kelly, get back in the car. Bud, did you get ice cream? Uh... 
yeah, Kel, it, it was great. Where was I? And it's, it, it, I love that throughout the entire episode, nobody thinks that there's anything odd about Al pushing them wherever they want to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Including Al. Right. I think everybody just accepts the Bundys as like this low life family that is to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> so Al's under the hood, and then Bud says, "Are you sure you know what you're doing in there?" <laughs> you know, Bud, you're starting to sound like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah, I see there's some dirt on the round thing. <laughs> All right, I think I got it. Kelly, turn it on. Uh, Dad, you might want to tell Kelly to use the key or she might start rubbing up against it. <laughs> Kelly knows what she's doing, but she's not an idiot. Use the key, honey. Bud is messed up. Like, I love how he doesn't mind doing these jabs, sexual jabs about Kelly in front of his parents. <laughs> now, do, do you think they're ignorant to it or do you think that they just accepted it? That she's a slut? Yes. <laughs> no, they they know, but... They definitely know. <laughs> but one time Peg said, she's uh, Kelly's not a tramp. She's just popular. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's some level of uh, denial there. I feel yeah, yeah that exactly. was just a couple like, episodes ago, right? But and I then feel like she it, went to her with advice or for advice about with the, the whole married man thing, the cheating thing. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. He's not. He ain't much, but he's mine. Yeah. Yep. That's no use. I know that sound. That's a death rattle. I make it myself every morning. <laughs> Go to the house. Get out of the car, Kelly. Get in the car. Get out of the car. Get in the car. Get out of the car. You know, you're starting to sound like one of my dates. <laughs> they promised me ice cream, too, but they never give me any. They walk in, and don't worry, we won't get into another weekly world news discussion, but uh, Peg's reading the National Inquisitor, and the big headline is that Housewives... Deserve $75,000 a year, says expert. That, that's clear because she's surely earning it in this <laughs> image. Now, what expert do you think it takes to come up with that? Um... Another housewife just like her? <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, today, that would be $150,599.40. That's a lot of money. Oh, I want to be a housewife. I was right? going to say, I'll be a housewife. Right? What do I got to do? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but who's going to pay us, though? That's the thing. <laughs> That's the whole problem. Did you read the other headlines in that paper? I, I looked at some of them. Um, one was about a guy who they thought was dead, but he was he was discovered alive or something. And I thought that was sort of like a thing about Al. There was a, a hobo dog arrested in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> how is a dog a hobo? <laughs> a hobo? Yeah, how does that work? Well, I guess it depends on the difference between a stray dog and a hobo dog is that the hobo dog has a little stick with a rag tied around it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. See? And gloves with the fingers cut out. And yeah. a... 
It all makes sense. Now, I wonder if that dog belonged to the hobo in the next episode we're covering. No, he's in this episode. I just want to say in I this love episode, the word, yes, I love the word hobo. I do. <laughs> I, I that's a word nobody uses anymore. And I mean, because well, it's a very specific thing. But you remember when that was like the backup Halloween costume? Oh, hobo, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you you could be like girls could be gypsies and boys, yeah. and boys would be hobos. <laughs> you didn't have anything else. <laughs> when you have nothing, you're a hobo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the poor man's Halloween costume. <laughs> Kids, I have a little family announcement to make, but since I don't have an actual family, I'll say it to you. <laughs> I have decided that it's time for me to buy a new car. Oh, that's oh, right. Dad, you're you're I want a Cadillac. I want a Ferrari. I want a Porsche. Your wishes mean nothing to me. <laughs> it's going to be my car. And I'll decide what I'm getting. Putting money in a shoebox 12 feet in the ground. How how wide of a hole do you have to dig to get access to something that's 12? Like, how many times did he dig up this 12-foot hole to put more money in this box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I kept thinking of, too, was uh, Vegas Vacation. <laughs> when he buries all the money in the thing but he, here's my thing though okay so he's trying to hide this money obviously from his wife from Peg right how did she know that was there I mean she must I, well then again she's got nothing to do all day so I mean the rifle she was the house. probably watching him dig one day true just like she watched him push the car true right <laughs> Or yeah, maybe when she's bored, she wanders around and randomly dig hole, digs holes looking for treasure. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you're right. If the hole's that deep, like I said, you got to go pretty wide to actually access something that deep. You know, right? He must take a long time every time he puts money back and forth in this thing. So she probably just saw him one day. Anything I've ever owned has been used. My car, my house, my. <laughs> Kids, today you're going to witness the last great American tradition. Daddy's buying a new car, and I wanted my family to share the experience. Well, then shouldn't we have brought Mom? Better get her own family. <laughs> hey, Dad, you going to tell us what's in the box now? Ten years of my life, son. Tell us more about your magic shoe. <laughs> Got a shoe, you dolts? You're looking at $5,000. You quiet, but here's the thing, though. Knowing Peg and her history, I don't buy for a second that she just took how much out of it? 4200 4200 Why? Yeah, that she left him $800. Why would you do that? Yeah, at that point, like, why? Like, And knowing Peg, like, for her to just let $800, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. Yeah. Like, and then she, she had to fill the hole back in. Right. Yeah, that's just, I mean, I would do that for 4200 <laughs> she just wouldn't care about Al, you know? Well, clearly she doesn't, but no. we'll get to that. <laughs> um, you guys notice that Kelly looks really different in this episode? Like, it's her hair. Yes, dude, yes. I did notice that. It was very downplayed, and it's weird because she she will go to that look in the future, but <clears throat> in the next episode, it's 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 the, the bangs, really. Mm-hmm. In the next episode, she kind of combs them out of her face again. 
they're here. And it's like it's a whole totally different look for her that she eventually does get to. But it seems like they just played with it here and then went back in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that was that was weird to see her that way, though, because I just don't think of her like that right now. Right. So they enter the, a car dealership and you see that hobo I was mentioning outside. Um, Annabelle likes to think of him as like the season four bum <laughs> because he appears in rock and roll girl and Peggy made a little lamb. <laughs> yes. So he comes back <laughs> and he has a great part in rock and roll girl. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love when they do stuff like that. He gets lucky in that one. <laughs> That's the time I like to be a bum too. First I want to be a housewife. Now I want to be a bum. <laughs> So <clears throat> Al's really thrilled because he saved $5,000 in that shoebox, which today would be $10,039.96. Wow, 96 cents. I yeah, mean, 10, so basically <laughs> it was about 100. The uh, inflation rate from 89 to now is about 100%. So, wow. so basically, I mean, just r- roughly round off. A double. So that's an easy one. Took me 10 years to save for this. Cutting corners for years. Using the same razor blade. Using the same TV guide. Reusing the same mouthwash. And now, finally, fruits of my suffering. And it's like, yeah, but you guys wasted so much. Like, Peg going shopping kind of nullifies all that. Right. Yeah, exactly. When she comes in with 10 bags from the Lakeside Mall. Yeah. Kind of makes your razors a kind of. Him saying that reminded me of this guy I saw on TV once who reuses paper towels. Like he will wash, hand wash paper towels and then hang them up to dry and reuse them. Oh and my god! And then he god. takes ketchup packets from restaurants to refill his ketchup bottle at home. Oh my god! So, what? And the thing is, like, I kind of get the ketchup thing a little, except. Really, it's only a couple of dollars to buy a right. a new bottle of ketchup, and that versus the time and the effort to do. I mean, because you know how many ketchup packets you would have to squeeze into a bottle to open a new bottle. Let me do the calculation real quick. No, yeah, I don't we should know. do it. We should do like like a jelly bean count. <laughs> it's just amazing to me the links that people will go to when they think they're saving a buck. You know, right. and that's exactly what he reminded me of when he was like, I reuse mouthwash. Yeah. Like, were those ketchup packets from Barney Dog, do you know? <laughs> I believe they were. <laughs> that was my dinner. <laughs> you ate, you filled up on those so you don't want to have a hamburger? But anyhow, I buried my box so deep in the backyard that the devil himself, your mother, could not find it. <laughs> and this is my new car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Al just seems to, like, randomly pick this black Mustang, I guess, in the showroom that he wants. Did he just happen to know the car dealership that he wanted to go to? Or he he just seems to, like, randomly pick that. He just kind of leaned to the first, the nearest car and goes, this is what I'm going to get. You know, it was like a weird way to do it. Or he, pre- or he pre-planned it before where he knew exactly what he was getting. And yeah. then he was talking with the kids, and he just kind of wanted to spring it on. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, but it just came off random, right? Oh, totally. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> this place, this dealership is called uh, Scott and Gary. or I couldn't find anything, but there was a Scott and Gary 
public access TV show from 83 to 89. Um, and it had like, you, it was pretty cool. They had uh, punk and indie bands, live audience, dance parties, comedy skits. And it was hosted by Scott Lewis and Gary Winter. And it was uh, filmed in New York from 83 to 86. So it sounded like a like pretty cool show, actually. But I wonder if, because you said it ended in 89, right? So I wonder if maybe the show had just ended and this was kind of like a tribute yeah. to them. I wonder. Mm. That, that'd be pretty Neat. cool. Neat. Yeah. Mm. How old am I? <laughs> neat. <laughs> really neat, man. Jamie's like, I want my MTV. That's what it sounds like. Skidoo. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, kids? Well, I don't know. There's not a lot of room back here. Well, <laughs> that might be because you're not lying down like usual. <laughs> hey, Dad, don't forget to buy a neutered boy on board sticker. <laughs> oh, yeah, and rubber seats, you know, for his... Little problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess this will be okay. <laughs> the kids sit in the Mustang. They're really excited because it's a, a huge upgrade. That's pretty cool that Al's willing to get like that kind of car. Like he's not; just, he just doesn't want to have the same crappy one he had again. He wants to get something. Nice. And it's weird. Again, we're sort of glossing over the fact that the Bundys already have. Um, a convertible Mustang, the red one that they won in How Do I Love Thee. Hmm. So it's it's a weird – I know that car comes back at some point, but still it does seem to just kind of be forgotten for some reason. Uh, I, I also love how Kelly just gets right in there and starts checking out the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> she says there's no room. She starts feeling it out. <laughs> yeah, Bud says lay down. So when he says lay down, <laughs> she insults him and then goes ahead and lays right down. She does it anyways. <laughs> if you if you went to lay if you took his advice to see if there was more room, then why are you insulted? You obviously <laughs> think it was a good idea, right? Yeah, right. She knows. She knows what it is. Uh screw you, but yeah, you're right. Let me check this out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh Al is a wheel and dealer. Uh that's what he did on the way there when he sold his car for a ride over there. <laughs> Now, he confronts this car dealer whose name is John Welsh. He is I, – I know him because growing up in the 90s, uh, Saved by the Bell was like the, the big show and he played this chick's father. And remember when the when the Saved by the Bell went to the beach for like 10 episodes? Yep. Yeah, he was the father of this chick who was having like a birthday party. It was like Is this... that where they met Leah Remini? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I remember well. that. Yeah. Um, so he played her dad. He was also in Stranger's Kiss and What's Happening. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back to Married with Children in 1997 as a clerk in Damn Bundy's. And that was his last acting role ever. Oh, well, cool. Hey, I don't know if he's dead or anything, but that was definitely his last <laughs> acting role. <laughs> I think how Dan laughs every time I wonder if people are dead. Uh, I don't know if he's dead or not, but he definitely ain't acting no more. <laughs> Can I help you, sir? Yeah, the sticker on this says 15000 but uh, how much is it really? 15000 <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, 
I give you 10. Great. But if you want the car, it'll be 15. <laughs> Let's say 12. 15. 14. 15. Okay, but I want you to throw in a special air conditioning, no charge. Nope. Okay, but I want you to throw in a stereo. Nope. Undercoating. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not driving out of here till I have a wooden gear shift knob, no extra cost. Let me think. Hey, Vince. Yeah. How much is a plastic wooden gear shift knob? 25 cents. <laughs> I give it to you for 50 bucks. Deal, sucker! <laughs> I also love too when he's trying to haggle him. Like I got it. You got to respect the uh, the father son dynamic because Bud just totally believes in him. You know, all his lies, all his all his bull that he spits. You know, Bud comes right up there and just crosses his arms. Like, yeah, he's so proud of his dad. When clearly, like Al's never really ever succeeded in anything, even remotely like close to something like this. Dude, it is. There's two painful scenes in this episode. This is the first one. Mm. Him doing this wheeling and dealing. I want this. No. This. No. This. No. This. No. <laughs> uh, 15,000. Uh, 12,000. 15,000. 13,000. 14,000. I'm like, oh my god. It is just... Uh, he's like, I want a, f- a special air conditioner. Like, what special air conditioners are there? Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. What does that even mean? It's a, it's a st- and why would you even, like, that's what you came to haggle? Like, you wait till I get there, I'm going to get that special air conditioner. Yeah, and, and don't, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. Now, in the later seasons, right, as much as they beat down the Bundys, and specifically Al, they do give him more triumphs as time goes on. Oh, yeah. Right? Because yeah. now we're in the days of they just won't give him anything, dude. It's so funny. Like he's just like, oh man, it's it's just it's so funny to see his struggle. Like he literally, and, and not only that, like what did he try? He was like, it costs what, like a uh, twenty five twenty five cents. And he charges him fifty bucks for it. So even when he wins, he loses. Exactly, dude. It was really very painful. It breaks my heart when right. Right. Uh, he's just so beaten down all the time like ah, i feel bad for him because he actually does work you know i mean he 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 tries and his family just ugh. they don't give him anything makes me sad i mean it's funny but it you know how do you intend to pay well how does a five thousand dollar deposit sound bud Peel them off five big ones. Well, I'd love to, Dad, but all you got is 800. Is that all? Well, that and a red hair. Yeah, and by the way, who doesn't check it before, like, right as you dig it up? Like, you open it, right? Count the money? Of course. Yeah. yeah, and well, I guess he just assumed. It was buried. It should be there. But you always think, like, right? I mean, who who expected the money to be there when he came walking in there holding this box? Right. I already. It's like I already knew he right. hasn't looked in that box. And when he opens that box, there's going to be nothing in there. I was surprised that there was eight hundred dollars in there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She would have taken it all. <laughs> well, I already knew so i can't really say but i'd love to hear what dan thinks and like so you knew jamie what did you think dan oh yeah i knew something was afoot when uh he didn't open it right away 
and then quickly I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely not going to be in there. And then it, I mean, it's like who took it? Yeah, there's it's it's one of his family members. One, one red hair. <laughs> it's well, yeah, well, exactly. But it's either it's one of the three, you know. Yeah, and it's a great progression this episode because as Al's getting beaten down in the beginning, it truly is painful to watch him haggle with this this guy, the salesman, and then the scene we're going to get to when he has to confront Peg. And from there, it gets to it gets to like this peak where it it goes the other way now and just becomes funnier and funnier every mm-hmm. time he gets back in the garage. <laughs> so right now, the next scene is we see Peg on the couch. With these bright blue pants, a black top, and these this bright orangey, more orangey reddish than normal hair. And tell me just looking at her sitting there and looking at Al walk in and look at her. You just wanted to strangle her. Guilty. Like, oh my, I, I don't, I'd be in jail right now. Like, I don't <laughs> know if I'd really attack or kill a woman, but if I was going to... <laughs> This would be grounds for, especially her reaction on top of it. Well, also, in order for him to have taken the money to go to the auto, uh, the dealership, he would have had to dig it up. And that's that we've already established that it takes it would take a long time to dig that hole. She would likely be aware of the fact that he was digging up a hole in the backyard and she knows that he was having car issues and that he was going to go buy a car or something. Don't wouldn't you at some point say, "Hey, honey, I took all your money." <laughs> or something. Jamie, she shrugs it off. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just how are you going to let him go humiliate himself like, "Oh, what am I talking about? We're talking I about know. this here." But we always think that there's something else in these people, but they always show us, no. no. <laughs> like, we always think there's got to be something. You have to care on some level, right? And you know what tricks us? It's the thing I always go back to. Like, when they knocked over the ashes in Hot Off the Grill, they mm-hmm. cared. So you always feel like there is some level of respect that is going on somewhere. Some level of humanity. Right. And you would think this would be up there with it. Nah. I guess <laughs> I he and he shows a massive level of restraint. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This man right. is he's virtually a saint with right. the stuff that he puts up with. Peg, let me ask you something. In your travels in the backyard, say about eight paces from the tree, twelve feet down. <laughs> did you ever find a box with say oh about? Uh, Five thousand dollars in it. Was that yours? Yes. Where do you think it came from? Well, I just figured that uh, before the white man settled the area, the Indians buried it there. Uh huh. Well, why would the Indians write Al on the box? I just thought that uh, someone killed the guy before he wrote a lot of money for whoever finds it. (laughs) Well, then I guess I have some bad news for me. See, that was my new car fund, Peg, a long, long time ago. (laughs) 
you spend $4,200? Well, you remember when you yelled at me because there wasn't any juice in the house? Well, I took some money and I bought you juice. <laughs> and a coat for me. And then remember when you demanded dinner? Well, I took some more money and I bought you a bucket of chicken and a coat for mom. And then the rest of it, well, uh, I have to admit, I spent foolishly. Honey, could you come out in the backyard with me? I have the urge to bury something else. You are really mad about this? You know, if anyone should be mad, it's me. You're the one who's hiding money from me. Well, you would have spent it. Then why are you acting so surprised? You're happy, Al. Now I'm all tense. I just hate my family. <laughs> Same yeah. here. Yeah, they're saying. not cool on the downtime. Yeah. No, no. That's why I live in Michigan and the rest of them are in Georgia. <laughs> I'm going to move to Michigan too. <laughs> so uh, Peg, in trying to explain where the 4200 – and by the way, that must mean that if Al – if Al put like his last amount of money in there to get to five thousand uh, over the years, that that means Peg stole it when it was at its peak. So she recently took this money. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, because Al would know next time he goes to put money in that there's only eight hundred. Where's the rest? You know? Huh. So she goes back to the pilot episode when explaining where how she spent this money. And she said, you know when you were always complaining about how there's no juice in the house? Well, I went and bought juice. Because <laughs> that it was weird. The, this juice thing was like the a big underlying uh, thing that went throughout the first episode. Yeah. Like he would mention it, you know, like five or six times. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear mention that there's no juice that often, except when Brian drank his juice in – um the baseball episode. So Al's fault. It's Al's fault that she's tense now because <laughs> he confronted. I'm sorry for confronting you on your theft of my $5,000. <laughs> How can I? I'm so sorry. I ruined your day. Yeah. Well, look, honey, you've got $800. Why don't we spend it on the two of us? You know, what do you say? Juice and a fur coat? <laughs> <laughs> so ruthless it just never ends oh my god and then she tops off by letting out know that he could have sold his car to someone she knew for one thousand one hundred dollars instead of just a ride to the dealership <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how did they get back from the dealership what did they sell for a ride back Kelly. oh <laughs> now they probably use some of that 800 I'm going to, you know, hope for the best with Kelly. Uh, Yeah. Do you think she showed him some leg and got a ride back? (laughs) To say the least. Because she shows guys leg for what did she what did she get? Uh, A Walkman? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Al standing in front of the, the dealership, just sad, staring at his Mustang. It's really sad. And a hobo sees him. (laughs) And walks over and takes a dollar out of his cup and hands it to Gives Al. It to him. <laughs> so funny, dude. Because I saw him earlier too in the episode, and I'm like, oh man, I thought they were gonna do something with him. And then, sure enough, when they did, <laughs> I laughed so hard, man. That was great. 
when Al does this and he stares, he looks sad, staring at the dealership. I used to, I not all the time, but I remember one time, I I kind of took you know a note from here and I said, uh, I was at a arcade one time and I had no more money and I said maybe if I stand and look sad in front of an arcade, somebody would feel <laughs> sorry for me and give me quarters. <laughs> Did it work? No. <laughs> and I know Bart Simpson tried this in Marge Not Be Prad when he stood in front of the video games looking sad, hoping somebody would buy him Bone Storm. And that didn't work either. <laughs> so I think my whole life is dictated by TV. <laughs> it totally is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just whatever God. you do, just uh, don't start cooking meth. <laughs> whatever you do, I don't care. Jesse, <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Now, the Whitmans, and it's weird. On the show, it sounded like they said the Wankmans. On IMDb, it's the Whitmans. Uh, they bought this car instead. It was the, It's the last one in stock. How much did they pay for it? $12,000. Oh, man. Do you believe Just that? Just keeps getting worse. Yeah. He gave it to them for 12000 For Al, he, did, he wouldn't budge on fifteen. Yeah, but you know what though? That's that's a real thing that happens. Usually, the people with the more money uh, get deals like that because they're relying on them telling all their other rich friends. Like I see that happen all the time, man. It's kind of uh, it's kind of ridiculous and and a little bit uh, despicable. <laughs> it's sad. It is. Th- this is pretty interesting. Uh, the Whitmans, the mother of Lewis, is played by Nancy Pretty. The real-life mother of Kelly Bundy. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah, and she has 24 acting credits, so it's not like Kelly just got her this job. <laughs> you know? Like, she's a real actress. It sounds like it's the other way around, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe she hooked it in. My daughter would be perfect for this. <laughs> now, Mr. Whitman, his real name is Joe Farrego. He's pretty cool because... He was a TV anchor man in The Terminator. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was in The Terminator. Oh, wow. That's cool, but unfortunately, he was also an anchor man in Frankenstein, The College Years. <laughs> I guess uh, that was a TV show. Yeah, no, fantastic show. Lewis, this kid, Mark Bentley, uh, this was his last acting role, He and he was pretty much a one-and-off actor. He only had 15 credits, and uh, he was in Who's the Boss and The Twilight Zone that they did in the 80s, I guess. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, this was the last thing you ever did. The last thing you ever did was get ripped out of a car by Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if that was my claim to fame, I'd be I'd be fine with that. Yeah. And a side note, <clears throat> oh, what a feeling. That's the name of this episode. That was the slogan by Toyota. So what do you think about, like, a, a bratty kid? Like Lewis, whose parents buy a car. Like, just it's it's the perfect thing. Like, Al's dying for this, and he would appreciate it so much, and it would mean so much to him to to have this car. And this kid is getting it, and he's call, telling his parents that he hates them <laughs> and that he doesn't want this. He wants a Maserati, and he's completely unhappy. Stupid kid. This is just like I was telling this story to Brian yesterday, and ugh. A couple years ago, Iron Maiden toured with Alice Cooper, which is, uh, that is the ultimate. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the ultimate tour. I, I would have given anything 
to go to that show. Tickets even went on sale on my birthday. Oh, wow. Wow. But I couldn't go. So Why? I was all upset about it. Oh, because I couldn't. I didn't have any money at the time. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, Somebody dug up your shoebox before you knew about it? And, yeah. <laughs> my roommate. Um, <laughs> but there was this girl that I was working with, this little, she was, she had like fresh out of college and she was working at the, in the lab with me. She knew a guy who just had an extra ticket. So she got to go. Oh, she didn't know who either of them were. Oh, she didn't care. And then the, the day after she was like, eh, it's okay. Like I didn't know who they were. So it didn't, oh, matter. It didn't mean anything to me. No, dude. I, I was so sad <laughs> because over here I would have spilled my own blood to go to that concert. Mm, and wow. she didn't even care. And this is, that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was watching this episode. I'm like, you little brat. Like I just, <laughs> Oh my God. It just, it would just ticks me off. And parents like that, there was a kid in the restaurant yesterday who was on her phone and wouldn't talk to her waitress. And <laughs> and the dad said, get off your phone and talk to her. And the mother said, she can't right now. She's playing a game. Are you kidding me? For real? Wow. These are the, the, it's parents like that that are the problem. And when I was watching this and this kid is being all nah, 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 and the parents are like, oh, we're giving it. I'd be like, screw you, kid. You're walking. That would that would have been my response. I'm walking. Du, 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 I'm walking. <laughs> yes. You will be playing Fats Domino till the day you die because <laughs> I'm not buying you a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Lewis gets pulled right out of the car. <laughs> Al starts it up. Like he's gonna drive off. Like you ever see the movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Of course. And the guy starts it starts the movie off by going to a car dealership and just driving straight out of the glass window. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the the guy selling him the car goes in front of it says stop stop. He just drives right over him and kills him on the way out. I thought for sure Al was gonna do the same thing. I thought he was gonna drive off. <laughs> so. uh... They pull him out of the car, and the one guy finally sympathizes, uh, not really, but with Al, and he gives him a card for a used car lot. Al pushes a different car home. Yeah, the guy says, they'll treat you good there. I don't think they treated him that well. I think he just wanted him out of his dealership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll treat, just tell him my name. Yeah. The good thing is that car pushes pretty smooth, so that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was good Still. handling. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing like his own personal Rocky training. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, instead of, yeah, he should have Mickey in the driver's seat to steer. He's steering cars. He's digging holes in the backyard. Yeah, man. He's going to be a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Peg, you know, has a heart to heart with Al after she rips his uh, side mirror off the car because, you know, that's in her way of where she's leaning. <laughs> so disrespectful he just got it <laughs> how about when she stri- she strikes the match on it <laughs> and Al's reaction he's like horrified <laughs> that, that was probably the favorite my favorite part of this episode was his reaction to her doing that uh, like the audacity woman <laughs> and she throws the still sort of burning match inside the car <laughs> Like, I know you stole $4,200 from me, but I can't believe you struck a match on my new clunker. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that but how disrespectful though. Here's a quick story. When I got like my second car, right? I got a Jeep and this Jeep was so pristine. And the first time I went to go pick up my friends, oh my god, they just climbed in like a bunch of animals, started eating food right out of the gate. Oh I'm my like, God. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some kids is breaking off uh, Kit Kats, you know, breaking people <laughs> off Kit Kat. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm never hanging out with you guys again. Wow. That I could see happening. Nobody cares. Dude, I had a convertible Mustang I mentioned earlier on and people thought they were in a movie. They ran up to it. Oh, and jumped over the side? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. What the hell are you doing? Wasn't that the car that you were driving in in the Michael Myers? Oh, the- that was it. In the Ghost of Michael Myers, yeah. What what year was that, Alex? 99. It, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I was in a little movie I made. It's on YouTube, The, the Ghost of Michael Myers. It's a fan film horror. It's basically a tribute to Halloween. Well, <laughs> like, right? I stole every aspect of it and then just made it a lot worse. That has the desire, though, Alex, that, that wants to know how to kill Michael Myers. Just, uh, just... I know the answer. We got the answer. We're not going to tell you. You got to watch it. But uh, we got the antidote. You guys thought it was chopping his head off. No, no, no. Dad, wouldn't it be a lot easier to walk to work without the car? <laughs> Come on, bud. Don't be stupid. It's way too far for Daddy to walk without a car. <laughs> Like, you imagine I'm going to work. Let me push my car back and forth. Like, it's so funny. It would be easier just to go without it. (laughs) It's so stupid. You know, I can't believe he cheated you. Well, that's it. I am getting in this car, and you are pushing me back down there so I can give this guy a piece of my mind. Get in the car, kids. Hey, um, Daddy... I know it's a few miles out of the way, but can we stop at Samantha's house? Because I told her that we could give her a ride to the airport. Okay? Dad, can you drop me at the mall? All right, everybody, let's hold it right there. Like, how could nobody think? I know that they're all jerks and everything, but it's like, but do you really think Al's going to push you guys to all these destinations? <laughs> Including picking up Kelly's friend and taking her to the airport. Right. Like, why don't they just say, let's use mom's car? It at least works. <laughs> yeah, right? Isn't that strange? I wonder yeah, if not once does that. anybody even mention it. Like, he could be taking mom's car to work. Right. You know? Right. Yep. No, nothing. Now, how long have I known you guys? What, about two, three hundred years? <laughs> In that time, I've learned to do without several things. A yacht. A summer home. Love, respect, food. I can accept that. But I will live not one more day without a car that runs. So, no more advice. I will go find my own used car lot, and if I come home tonight, God willing, it will be behind the wheel of something that goes vroom. Al Bundy pushes no more. Now get out of my car. They fake helping him push it out of the the garage. (laughs) Like, we're wondering why they didn't help him on the the expressway or on the uh, seeing him on the way home. They won't even push it five feet. And he even says once you get to the bottom of the hill, right? Like, there's there's clearly an obstacle ahead and they hear that. Yeah. 
That's dumb on Al, though, because Peg should have already been sitting in the car if that's if she had a job to do, like hit the brakes when they got to the bottom. <laughs> Al, yeah, no, there's no debating that that Al's dumb or not. <laughs> <laughs> like to think, what is Peg supposed to do? Run around, ju- open the door, jump in, and do this? Right. And high heels. <laughs> It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry With Children. I'm walking, here's the and I'm talking. By you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. Drives into the song I'm Walking from uh, Domino, like Jamie said. So that's funny because as you hear that song, you expect, obviously, him to be walking, pushing it again. And this time he's driving. So that was like a interesting little twist uh, that plays with your mind for a second if you're really focused on that. And it looks just like his old car except the first car he – had there was uh blue and it was all beat up but i i took pictures in the beginning and the end of the episode uh because i went back so i had i wanted to see how similar they were they are really close but they look a little different Mm -hmm. it's definitely a different color and definitely i mean yeah and definitely newer but i guess it's the same model so i guess that's the dodge Mm -hmm. again it looks like your old car Peg, that just goes to show how little you know about cars. My old car had 99,000 miles on it. This one's only got 18. (laughs) Kids, what did we learn from this? This car was only driven one mile per year. (laughs) So he doesn't realize that somebody drove it for a thousand... Well, no, 99, no, that wouldn't zero it out, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do cars, no, because no, they, they go up to 300,000, no. Is the implication, as a kid, I always thought the joke was that it went up and then zeroed out again. They redid the body, painted it, and just sold it back to him, the same exact car, and now it has 18 miles starting again from that zero. Right, only when it's a million will it zero out, right? Because you can go to 900,000. Yeah, I've never gotten a car up that high, I don't know. No, nobody ever did. But I think <laughs> Al does. There's an episode where Al tries to... Uh, I don't give anything away, but 
Well, no, but Alex, the same thing that you thought as a kid that you guys are both talking about now, I thought the same thing watching this on, on first watch. That's, that's what's, but, but I know what you mean though, about the particulars. I kind of assumed like that there's, there's different ways. I mean, look at Ferris Bueller, you know, they get their way of doing it too. You know, there's all different ways that you can do that. Uh, yeah, Jamie, it didn't I, work. No, I don't think it does work. Right. No, but you can manually go in and change it, too. So I just figured that's what was implied. I didn't know exactly how they did it. But since it was like a different color and stuff like that, I just figured they messed with that, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought him saying 99, then this is 18. I thought that was the implication. But, yeah, I mean, if this is the same car that went a million, then obviously it couldn't happen on this car. This one has to go to 999,000. So... Wow, plot hole for future episodes, same car. Don't you love how much you learn on the Marrow Children podcast? Please just enjoy the show and don't try to think about what we missed or got wrong. <laughs> and Alex, I want to say something too about uh, when he was driving in and, uh, you know, and the whole audience cheers, yeah. you know, this is, that. that's another, like, I, I, it just popped into my head again as to another, like, one of the main reasons that I do love this show, because no matter how beat down Al gets and, and how much <laughs> they, they come out, like, you know, not smelling like roses at all, there's always a silver lining. Like, like, the good things for them are just, like, to anybody else is just like, yeah, whatever. But they just find those small moments. So, like, Al driving in, that's why that gets such a big cheer. Like, that's... It's not that big of a deal. Like you drive in your driveway every day, and like right, you know, yeah. it's not like a big achievement. But but for Al, who's been through like hell, yeah. When you, when you pushed your last three cars in, yeah, yeah. But but there's something to that, man. You know, trying to find a silver lining. Like say you have a horrible day or whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything big. It's those small little things. So I, that's why I love this show too, man. Just another reason. And it popped in my head when I was uh, watching this episode. So yeah, yeah. Al Bundy finally won one. Yep, exactly. Yeah, small victories, man. And in three years, it'll be all his in an 18-year-old car. <laughs> yeah, he finally won one, except it's the same thing he already had, but right. now he's three years in hock for it. Yep. Instead of one payment. This baby fits me like a glove. Even the radio stations, they're tuned into all the old channels that I like. Sure, it was a little more expensive, but they were willing to finance. And in three years, this baby will be all mine. <laughs> yep. Al Bundy finally won one. <laughs> So he he closes the garage door and the hood pops up, which I believe is the indication that it is the same car. That it is the same car. Right, right, right. Yep. There you go. And this episode, guess what it didn't have in it? What's that? Steve and Marcy. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Like I'm watching the whole thing and it occurred to me because right now Steve's going through a lot. You know, he lost his job. Marcy's drive up bank teller. Yeah. Yeah. Also – Alex, no uh, notable hot chicks either in this episode that the this show is famous for. Yeah, just a few car salesmen. Yep, <laughs> and a bratty kid. <laughs> and a bratty kid, yeah. I was like, I guess you'll have to post a picture of the bum on the Facebook page. Ah, I'll do it, though. <laughs> no, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page, 
for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, guys. How many fake trips to the ice cream shop are we giving... Oh, what a feeling. Dan. I would probably rate this uh, a 3.5. Um, I didn't think the the jokes were, were out of this world funny. Definitely still a solid episode. And like I was talking about, it was very um, – it was very indicative of what this show is all about in terms of just, you know, like we said about uh, Al being pretty much the only sympathetic character and uh, his small triumphs and stuff like that. So I, I do like, uh, you know, overall, it's a, it's a, definitely a solid episode. I just think that the jokes were not, uh, I don't know, compared to some other ones, they I think they could have been better. So, uh, so I give this... Three point five, three and a half trips to the uh, to the ice cream shop, and it's only a half trip because I couldn't push the car the rest of the way. <laughs> you gave up halfway. There. <laughs> I, I I tried to show some leg, but nobody would pick me up. <laughs> okay, Jamie, how about you? How many fake trips are you making to the ice cream shop? Uh, I think I'm going to. Mm, I think I'll do three. I do think it's there are things I really do like about this episode. Like I always enjoy it when Al has his little triumphs, you know. Right. I think some of the jokes were really really funny. But there were some things about it that almost felt like a bunch of people were on vacation so they threw this episode in to, <laughs> to fill time. Um <laughs> because like you said like Mar- there are there are several things that you typically have that were just not here. So it was just it was an it's an oddity, I guess. But it was still very funny, still very solid. Like and we you know, we typically have multiple storylines going on or something. You know, there are mm. other things. This seemed very this was very one I don't want to say one note because that sort of implies a, a negativity. And I'm not being negative. I mean, I don't think it's a negative necessarily. It just was very one-dimensional, maybe, right. I guess, mm. yep. if that makes sense. Yep. So it was interesting. It would, it just felt different. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so weird you say that because when I was watching this last night, I felt this episode feels very different. And it was like there was um, a level of quality that seemed to not be there. And this mostly took place in the beginning. Like, I noticed it just came off slightly different. And I didn't understand why. And then uh, then it kept going, and it definitely picked up and got better, like, once they got cooking. And and then, you know, like I said, there are two real tough moments. Peg shrugging is is a little out of character. I don't think she'd be that, you know, dismissive about it. I think she 
definitely doesn't care. Like she'd still spend that money probably, but <laughs> it just seems like she would at least go, "Oh, I'm sorry, Al. I'll tell you what. How about I pick you up some Chinese food and blah blah." Like she would at least say something that's so stupid that it never would make up for what she did. But I don't think she would just say, "I don't care." Right. So like that kind of stuff was a little off to me. Like those character ch- choices and stuff. Um, it was really, really heartless, which is kind of funny. Um, and yeah, it was, it's funny you say like one dimensional or whatever. It was definitely repetitive. I mean, literally, I mean, think of how many times Al pushed the car in, you know? Right. And it was literally like the same shot. I think the camera was in the same exact place every time they did it too. Mm -hmm. It is, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely repetitive, and Al even asking the same question to all three people, like, why didn't you help me? You know, mm-hmm. it's it definitely has a, a, a tone of repetitive in it. You know, not in a, in, a, in a really bad way, not in a way a casual person watching would probably even, like, think of. It is, it's an iconic episode because it's the first, like, Al's Dodge becomes legendary and stuff like that, and this is probably the first, this is the birth of all that. So, mm-hmm. you gotta take it for the historical value. I'm not sure if that, like brings up a rating or not like that means you love it now because you realize that it's you know the first dodge episode a little side note though i actually drive a dodge nice that's i love other, dodges yeah it's the other weird tie into my life with this show my my truck is a dodge ram so i would say that your dodge is slightly better <laughs> yeah. brian also drives a dodge ram oh really wow. oh wow nice yeah so um so this, go. I'm gonna go agree with Dan. I'll give it three point five fake ice cream trips. <laughs> okay, fake trips to the ice cream shop. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, it's pretty much there. A little more than middle of the road. No pun intended. Ah. <laughs> so guys, tune in next week for a pretty big episode at the zoo. After being fired from his job, Steve plays hooky at the zoo with the Bundys, much to Marcy's chagrin.